Would you speak to the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives? Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a fed a line from the federal government? Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Well, so all these millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. Gotta give us what we want. Gotta give us what we need. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. I have this weekend show for you. I wish I could just go through this camera and give all of you a big hug and embrace for being true to your principles. You love the Constitution. You love freedom. And even though the rhinos are trying to tell you that these wars are good, even though they're trying to tell you that Trump fatigue is a real thing that you should back Ron DeSantis or somebody else just so they can steal the election. Even though your friends, family, and neighbors may have thought that you were crazy for not getting the vaccine as they continue to get COVID and are still getting COVID and sick and other problems, please receive a hug from me of support. You are not alone. There are many of us who are not down with the program. Now, those of you who have succumbed and had to get the jab for uh, work, uh, for school, or for other things, you, you, you made a risk assessment. You, you, you had to do a pro and con, uh, maybe do the little chart, uh, you know, reasons why I should do this and reasons why I shouldn't, and you got the vaccination. I am praying that you have no long-term health problems because of that, that you can be and that part of the statistic where some people just don't seem to be as affected by the vaccine. I have a very dear friend, very smart man, and uh, he's an engineer, and just don't understand why he doesn't see it, that the vaccine went from you get the vaccine, you won't get the sickness, to, well, if you get the vaccine, you won't be as sick as you would if you didn't get the vaccine, as he's repeatedly gotten sick and have lots of health issues. This is very maddening and frustrating to me. What I want to do today in the weekend show here is just show you and let's analyze a whole bunch of clips and news from the last 24 to 48 hours. I'm recording this uh, on Saturday. It'll go up some time today. Maybe it'll go up on Sunday if I decide to stop halfway and then pick it up later in the evening. But let's uh, get into it. Um, I'm probably going to start off with the resurfaced uh, Ted Nugent clip uh, before the intro. So that's probably how I'm going to do this. Now let's get into Jamie Foxx. All right. Let me, let me just tell you what I'm going to be covering. Um, I don't usually do this, but I think it'll be interesting for you to see. And since my eyesight is failing me, let me get my uh, $1.25 reading glasses I got from Dollar Tree, which because I'm not really a glasses wearer, um, they tend to, uh, I tend to touch the lenses and they get greasy and what have you. This is BCP Unfiltered. I'm being real. Vote Donald Trump in 2024. Go look at uh, J uh, Jamie Foxx, who succumbed to the jab so that he can make his latest movie. We're going to look at Patriot Jason A uh, and what he just did last night at a concert, uh, not in this small town and not in my family. Uh, we're going to look at Laura Ingram totally shilling for the rhinos with some advice, some very bad advice for President Trump. Laura, shut the hell up. And well, I believe in free speech. You can say that. So I'm not going to say shut the hell up like I want to, like I want to, uh, I want to quiet her, but shut the hell up, meaning you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I already showed you the Ted Nugent. I'm going to show you uh, President Trump's reaction to after airing Sounds of Freedom. Uh, I believe it was at Bedminster. And him saying the same thing that I've been saying about how we should deal with these pedophiles. And then we may look at some other stuff. So let's uh, get into it. Let's get into uh, Jamie Foxx. Let me... Uh, remind you what happened uh, to Jamie Foxx. 
Let me pull this up here, folks. Um, now, if you recall, Jamie Foxx was making this movie and he had to, uh, they, they insisted against his wishes that he get the vaccine. And then immediately it was reported or rumored, several people said that immediately he got a reaction to the vaccine, had a stroke, was temporarily blind, temporarily blind and uh, was hospitalized, had a stroke. And they say he had a stroke and that, that was the, the rumor, but he was getting recovery at a stroke recovery center. We haven't heard anything about Jamie Foxx. His family and those around him have been very airtight about what's happened. And then he just released this video, which is interesting because I guess you can still do TikToks and, and reels and, and short form video, but you can't promote other things and you can't do a lot of things because if you're a member of the Screen, screen Actors Guild SAG, they are currently in a... Uh, they're in a, they're on strike, right? Along with the uh, the writers in Hollywood, just fine. They've been this has been doing recycled crap anyway with wokeism, but I digress. Now, as, as I play this Jamie Foxx clip, I'm gonna play the whole thing uninterrupted. I want you to notice something very very important and very obvious in everything that he says here. Let me play it for you. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed man and sent me messages I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it brought me back um, uh, I went through something that I, I thought I would never ever go through uh, and I know a lot of people were waiting you know or wanting to hear updates but to be honest with you I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. You know, I want you to see me laughing, having a good time, partying, cracking a joke, doing a movie, television show. I didn't want you to see me with uh, with tubes um, running out of me and and trying to figure out uh, if if I was gonna make it through. And to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie saved my life so uh to them to god to a lot of great medical people uh i'm able to leave you this uh, video i cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way and, and y'all know they kept it airtight they didn't let nothing out they protected me and that's what i hope that everyone could have in moments like these uh now you know by being quiet Sometimes things, you know, get out of hand. People saying what I got. Some people said I was, I was blind. But as you can see, uh, as you can see, the eyes are working. The eyes are working just fine. Uh, I said I was paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. Uh, but I did go through. I went to hell and back. And my road to recovery uh, had some potholes as well. But um, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coming back. And uh, I'm able to work, so I want to thank uh, uh, the people that let me work. Um, and I just want to like say uh, I, that I that I, I love everybody, and I love all of the love that I got. And man, you know, I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you could do take two, but I'm not gonna do a take two. This is, it is what it is. And if you see me out. Uh, from now on and every once in a while I just burst into tears is because um, it's been tough man I was sick man but now I got my legs out, uh, under me so you're going to see me out uh, but like I said I just want you to remember me for uh, the jokes that I crack uh, the, the movies that I make some of them good some of them ain't I think I got a good one out uh, and the songs that I sing man and then you know, somebody was talking about I'm a clone. Well, check this out. Just kidding. You. Uh, not clone, man, but I'm here on earth because of some great people. I'm here on earth because of God, man. So I love all y'all. Uh, I just wanted to jump on here and let you know that uh, I'm on my way back in love. All right, wasn't that interesting? Okay, I'll break it down for you here. I don't want to be... Uh... 
bigger the point and make it longer because I know this is not of interest uh, to everyone as far as Jamie Foxx. You may or may not be a fan of his. Um, he's one of, you know, I'm not really into people in Hollywood, but he's a guy I've liked over the years. Made me laugh quite a bit on the show In Living Color when it was funny to do trans things like he played, uh, was it Lawanda, whatever, with the big old lips. Go, I'm going to rock your world, you know, just playing a woman. Uh, very funny stuff. He's a talented singer. A lot of people don't know. Uh, but he went to school in uh, San Diego, and he's actually a musician, first and foremost, classically trained musician, but also a comedian and an actor and what have you. But I think the biggest thing that uh, I was waiting for, and a lot of people are waiting for who listen to this may have noticed, he didn't talk about what sickness he had or what caused it. He didn't say, he said what he didn't have or what didn't happen to him, but he didn't say, hey... You know, uh, I had a reaction to the vaccine or, um, you know, I was found with hepatitis or I got a, a sepsis or, you know, I, I, I got this uh, really rare um, amoeba in my brain because I went swimming in like Great Lakes. I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't dispel any of the rumors by telling us what actually happened. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, let me just remind you of what it was that, th that was being said before. Uh, three months after a mysterious medical condition led to his hospitalization, Academy Award-winning actor and singer Jamie Foxx broke his silence with an emotional Instagram video on Friday night. Okay, I like Jamie Foxx. I mean, I'm not a fan of Jamie Foxx, but he doesn't bother me. I kind of like him, actually, as far as Hollywood people are concerned. Um, don't know a lot about him. I just know that he's made me laugh and he's entertained me o over the years. What I don't understand is when people go like, oh, this actor did an emotional thing. Like, They're actors. And actresses. Now, I'm not saying this isn't heartfelt or the real deal, this video, or if you're listening to this on the podcast networks, I uh, appreciate you. Let people know about the podcast and where to find it. I'm not saying that this is disingenuous or not genuine. But when people are going like, oh, when the actor this and he, and he cried and he was so emotional, they're actors. And just by the fact that they're actors, we should take everything they say with a grain of salt. Okay? Especially, he's an award-winning actor. I don't know what he won for. Was it Ray? When he played... Um, yeah, maybe it was for, uh, for Ray. I think that's what it was for. Jamie Foxx has been at the center of a recent speculation regarding his health after reports emerged claiming he had a blood clot in his brain allegedly caused by the experimental COVID vaccine. According to details given by Hollywood journalist A.J. Benza, Foxx allegedly suffered partial paralysis and blindness among other complications following his vaccine administration. He had a quote, Jamie had a blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. He did not want the shot, but the movie he was on, he was pressured to get it. Now he said this during an interview with Dr. Drew Pinsky. Uh, Fox's health scare initially came to light during a film shoot with Cameron Diaz earlier this year, where he was hospitalized due to a serious condition. Since the hospitalization, Fox's family had remained silent on specific details of his condition, but speculations were was rife. Many suggested the actor suffered a stroke, further fueled by Fox's stint in a Chicago facility specializing in stroke recovery. Mike Tyson confirmed these speculations in a podcast with uh, Patrick Bet David. Tyson stated, Fox isn't feeling well. The former heavyweight champion continued. They said, Fox had a stroke. I have no idea what happened to him. And then now we have this video, which I want to point out a few things here. Uh, first of all, he said, I went through something I thought I would never go through. Yeah, most people don't think that they're going to have a reaction to the vaccine or they wouldn't take it if that's what happened. Uh, he didn't want people to see him like that with tubes everywhere. With tubes everywhere, I don't know, I think of COVID recovery right before they die, they intubate you, right? So uh, sounds like, I don't know. Maybe at least. I mean, I guess you could have tubes and all kinds of things for all kinds of things, uh, sicknesses. But when I think of being intubated, I, I, I think of people that have some sort of upper respiratory, you know, uh, COVID or something COVID related. Remember, the, the, the clot shot gives you clots and it gives you the snots. They should call it the clot snot shot, if you ask me. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that he said that he, he was grateful to God and for the medical People, I thought that was a big yes. He showed gratitude. Gratitude is such a big thing. He showed gratitude for all the love he received, and he did. Um, so I, I appreciated that. But 
he thanked his uh, his uh, was it his sister and his daughter for not only saving his life but keeping it quiet. Which you know I can respect that. You want your privacy, what have you? Uh, Fox probably just wants to get over this, make his movie, get his money, and be done with it. Because now he's got to deal with these lifelong issues from the vaccine. And uh, he says, I was blind. There's a funny thing with his eyes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, he goes, my eyes are fine. You can see my eyes. And he's able to cross his eyes and do all kinds of funny things with his face, which, you know, which he has done uh, several times as part of his comedy. But it doesn't mean that he wasn't partially blind or that he didn't recover or, you know, that maybe he had partial blindness as a result of this and was able to recover. Um, and then he says, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, people say I'm, I'm, I'm a clone. This is where it seemed like a, a really prepared statement to me because he sits there and goes, people say I'm a clone. Then he grabs his face like he's trying to do one of those Mission Impossible take off the mask things. So, so you know, what you do is you marginalize the, tr- the reality and truth of many conspiracy theories by either doing straw man arguments or bringing up little uh, details that are wrong and then use that to discredit everything. So... You know, he didn't say that he didn't have a stroke, which is one of the big things. He didn't say anything about not having a brain clot, which is which is rumored. So I'm guessing maybe he wasn't blind, but had a blood clot, uh, and which caught you know the stroke, and it was over COVID. He didn't address all those things. The things that he addressed were little small things. So maybe he wasn't blind or ever blinded, but maybe everything else is true. And then you know to make it seem like it's silly that we were considering. Uh, that's these reports were true. He does a whole clone thing. It's like saying, oh, do you think you believe in stolen elections? Oh, okay, well, I guess the earth is flat too, right? They're totally mutually excuse, exclusive. One has nothing to do with the other. But, you know, what they try to do is they try to conflate that if you are believing in a conspiracy theory, which has lots of evidence that it's a conspiracy fact, they try to discredit your your ability to use critical thinking by bringing in something that has nothing to do with anything. So a few people said, oh, he's a clone. And then that's supposed to discredit everything else that we were thinking. Okay. All right. So talking about the clot shot, how about this? Um, Zachary uh, Stiber over at the Epic Times, I think he's one of my favorite reporters. He seems to be writing a lot of the good stories over at, at the Epic Times. Cases of myocarditis soared among U.S. service members in 2021 after the COVID-19 vaccines were rolled out, a top Pentagon official has confirmed. Confirming what we already knew to be true. There were 275 cases of myocarditis in 2021, a 151% spike from the annual average from 2016 to 2020. Now, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess, okay, because in 2020, we didn't, until the very end of the year, we didn't really have the vaccine. So, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so... um, the COVID-19 vaccine can cause myocarditis, a form of heart inflammation that can lead to mortality, including sudden death. Did Jamie Foxx maybe also have myocarditis and that's why he thought he wouldn't live? I don't know. The diagnosis data comes from the Defense Medical um, Epidemiology Database. So there you have it. The U.S. military confirming that myocarditis spiked after the COVID vaccine introduction. Of course, we know because it causes these reactions. The COVID-19 vaccine is actually a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. Okay, switching gears here. Laura Ingram totally showing why we don't give a damn about Fox News. If anything, they're fun to make fun of right now. Absolutely ridiculous. They were the first ones to call Arizona for Joe Biden, even though they were. I think they were part of the propaganda to sell the stolen election in Maricopa County and quickly declared Joe Biden a winner so that if you said anything against it, well, then now you're a conspiracy theorist. Here's Laura Ingram with some terrible advice for President Trump showing us what a swamp creature spokeswoman she actually is. And as for President Trump, keep your eye on the prize, 270 electoral votes. Everything you say Everything you do should be geared to winning in the states you need to win. This should be a 50-state campaign for America. Attacking popular Republican governors or senators in battleground states 
is more than unwise. It's self-destructive. Why do it? Voters in a general election want to vote for a winner, not a whiner. So please, for the love of God, stop talking about 2020. Stop talking about 2020. Stop talking about 2020. That will not bring a single voter out to support you who didn't support you before. You need to grow the pot, not shrink it. Be magnanimous and be the elder statesman that Biden is not obviously capable of it. That will reassure people. And look, your policies work before they're going to work again. The Democrats are banking on these trials and they're banking on a distracted electorate to pull Biden over the finish line. Hey, guys, let's not let them get away with that. All right, Laura, let me just ask you one question. And it may be an unfair question, right? Because I'm a pundit as well. How many elections have you won running for public office? Have you ever run for public office, never having had a public office position, and you won the highest seat in the land and became leader of the free world and then did an absolute bang up job, the best president in our lifetime? Yes, that's right. You have it. So, and I'm saying shut the hell up. I mean, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, of course, I don't mean that she could say what she wants. Fox can uh, publish what they want. I totally love free speech. Hey, it gives me something to comment on, right? It's good for business even. But here's the ridiculousness of it. 2020 was stolen. We voted for Donald Trump in 2020. He won, but they stole it from him. So why would he not bring awareness to that, seeing that they're going to try to do it again? You just can't ignore it. Hey, all of you wives who are getting beat by your husbands, just forget about the beatings. Forget about the beatings. No one likes a whiner. It's true. Philosophically, I do believe that no one likes whiners. They like winners. But how's President Trump going to win when the, the whole system is rigged? He's got to bring attention to it, especially since now President Trump is now open to ballot harvesting and other pre-dates, pre-election day strategies to win. He's going to have to sell people on that if they start to roll it out for the general election. Hey, let's get out early voting because they stole the election using early voting. We got to beat them at their own game. So, of course, he has to start talking or not stop talking because he's never really stopped talking about the stolen election. And President Trump doesn't have the people that were behind him before. He has people that were like, I like Trump, but I hope Biden will continue. They were just stupid or naive or Democrats or whatever the case may be. Or people, I know people who didn't vote, who will vote for President Trump in 2024. These are people who've never voted. Grown-ass adults who've never voted and now are going to vote. President Trump is going to win in 2024 like he did in 2020 and 2016. But they're going to have a whole new strategy. I should say an expanded strategy to make that happen. And so therefore, President Trump cannot stop beating the drum of the stolen election. It is our republic and our constitutional form of Republican democracy that we have. I know many of you do not like the term democracy. We're not a pure democracy. That is true. But we are a democratic form of government in the form that we are a republic. We are a representative form of democracy, a constitutional republic. I know that. I, I know. I don't like when they use the word democracy either. We are a republic. But our government is a form of democracy where people have a voice, just not a direct voice. It's a representative voice. And that's why our elections are very important because we cast a vote for those that are going to represent our voice in government. Okay, continuing with President Trump. And of course, he's not listening to Laura Ingram and the whole entire Fox uh, tanking uh, with their new primetime lineup. I think they should just go for new blood at this point. I mean, does anyone go, oh, wow, I'm excited to watch Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram again tonight with the same talking points and BS rhino 
philosophy. Jesse Waters, a more youthful face, relatively newer. Hannity, Laura Ingram, old, old hat. Look, I, we're all going to be replaced. There's not a, lo- a long life cycle of being in the public for, for the most part, unless you're extremely talented and you keep making more movies and coming out with hit banger songs or what have you. And Fox News is losing people. If I were in Fox News, I'd be looking at bringing in new talent. Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, old talent. Greg Gutfield, Jesse Waters, newer, newer. But they'll never replace Tucker Carlson, who is going to be an absolute beast. I hope he gets his whole big media company and that some of us can ride the coattails of that. Wouldn't that be cool? I was actually, before we go to the next uh, President Trump thing, a little disappointed that, that Truth Social didn't turn out to be what uh, what it was originally said it was going to be. It was going to be not just this Twitter thing, but it was going to be a platform for video and for video delivery. It was just going to be more of an encompassing media and I was like, man, Truth Social would be awesome if it, if it became like what, what Elon Musk is trying to do at Twitter, which is make, I don't know, is it called WeChat or Weibo? Kind of like what they have in China. This one app where you communicate, like a, a Facebook, an Amazon, an eBay, uh, a, a, a Netflix, and a PayPal all in one. Now, I don't, I don't like monopolies, don't get me wrong. But I was hoping that Truth Social would be something that can compete in not just the Twitter space, but also in the YouTube space, or at least short form video. Um, and of course, you can still link videos and what have you, like you can on Twitter. But it didn't really, it wasn't built out. So maybe, maybe with all the news of what Tucker Carlson is looking at doing, he will do that, and some of us can ride his coattails. You know, that he can make a, a new plat- video platform free speech platform to get his his show out that perhaps some of us can uh, can join in that. That would be cool. Because Tucker Carlson is still the new thing. Fox, get with the times. But it, it just may be too late. It just may be too late. Okay, President Trump had a screening of the uh, sound uh, of the of the movie Sound of Freedom. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's a must-see. And after President Trump watched the movie, he released this video uh, last night uh, on Friday about what he would do when he's reelected, having to do with the issues and because of having watched this movie. If you've been with me for a long time, you'll know that I've been saying many, well, one of these main important things that he talks about, I've been saying for years. I've actually felt like this my entire adult life. I'll just cut to the chase. I think child predators and rapists and pedophiles, that's a capital offense and you should be uh, put to death for that offense. All right, let's get to Trump. I was thrilled to host a screening at Bedminster of the important new film, Sound of Freedom, about the power of faith in overcoming evil and in particular, the evil of child trafficking. Big problem. We had it down to the lowest number in many years, just four years ago, and now it's gone through the roof. Even though the fake news media has tried to ignore it, Sound of Freedom has been a national sensation and a colossal success at the box office. Really big numbers. Everyone should see it. This is a very important film and very important movie, and it's a very important documentary all wrapped up in one. It's really about an issue that has to be discussed. Under my leadership, we did more than any administration in history to combat human trafficking and to end modern-day slavery. In one of my first acts in office, I signed an executive order targeting transnational criminal organizations that traffic and exploit innocent people. I signed the Frederick Douglass Trafficking Victims Prevention and Protection Reauthorization Act authorizing $430 million to fight sex and labor trafficking. I signed legislation to crack down on foreign countries who are not meeting standards for eliminating trafficking, of which there are many. I also signed into law the Abolish Human Trafficking Act, 
which strengthened programs supporting survivors and provided more resources for ending modern slavery. We do have modern slavery, if you can believe it. Additionally, I created the first-ever White House position focused solely on combating human trafficking. And perhaps most importantly, we created the most secure border in U.S. history by far, dealing a major blow to the cartels and traffickers. We built hundreds of miles of wall. We renovated hundreds of miles of wall. We never had anything like it. And then I got Mexico free of charge to give us 28,000 soldiers to protect us from people coming into our country illegally. When I am back in the White House, I will immediately end the Biden border nightmare that traffickers are using to exploit vulnerable women and children. We will fully secure the border. I will wage war on the cartels, just as I destroyed the ISIS caliphate, 100 percent gone, 100 percent destroyed. They'll come back now because we have a weak administration. I will use Title 42 to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families, in their home countries, and without delay. And I will urge Congress to ensure that anyone caught trafficking children across our border receives the death penalty immediately. And that includes also for women, because women, as you know, are number one in trafficking. Children are actually number two. I want to thank Eduardo, Jim, Tim Ballard, and everyone else involved in this film for their incredible efforts and their great genius. Together, we will end the scourge of human trafficking, and we will defend the dignity of human life. Thank you very much. So there we have Trump again outlining his Agenda 47, which I think is fantastic. It's Trump going, I'm going to be the 47th president of the United States because, you know, you have a joker in the middle, a fake president, number 46, Joe Biden, and calling it Agenda 47. This is our agenda for the 47th president, but also, of course, President Trump telling the deep state, I know about your agenda, 2021, 2030, etc. We got our own agenda. That's MAGA and America first. So President Trump making some some very key points uh, here. He pretty much breaks down his resume, his CV, his curricula vitae uh, of what he's done to combat child trafficking. He's this this is not new to him. Uh, it was it was one of his first acts as president to do this executive order um, to stop transnational exploitation. And Jeff Sessions was a very, very weak attorney general and man, but one thing we've got to give him credit for is they were taking pedophiles and child trafficking and sex trafficking a lot seriouser, a lot more serious, excuse me, than uh, previous attorneys general because Jeff Sessions is an honorable man. He was a, a weak attorney general not going after the Clintons and others, but he's an honorable man and very much uh, repulsed by this evil. And I like the fact that President Trump says it's not just sex trafficking, it's sex and labor trafficking. We've gotten all kinds of reports about the level of increase in child illegal child labor from these illegal aliens in poultry houses and um, uh, slaughterhouses, poultry farms, slaughterhouses, very hard, arduous work, working past the time that miners are allowed to work and working many hours. Why? To pay off their coyotes, their, their smugglers, and also these are very evil corporations that are turning a blind eye. They set up uh, a little agency to be the temporary agency so they could have plausible deniability, but they know very well that they're hiring children. Absolutely despicable. I hope all these people burn in hell. Forgive me, Jesus. I am still working on that godly patience that you are so much have been working on in my life for four decades now. Thank you, Father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your love. I'm working on having your type of patience. I have very little to no patience. I have no patience for these abusers of children, whether it's sex or labor or other form of child slavery. And then President Trump, uh, once again, talking about how he's going to take on the cartels like he took on ISIS because they are the criminal element behind and facilitating this child traffic migration because of Joe Biden's by design 
Porous Border, just a continuation of the unaccompanied minor biggest child trafficking operation right before our eyes that started with Obama. But once again, the illegitimate regime of Joe Biden is really the third term of one Barack, Barack Hussein Obama. And then President Trump, of course, ends there saying that he'll immediately work on getting the death penalty. I don't think immediately they'll have the death penalty, but he'll immediately start working with Congress on passing laws so that there is death penalty for traffickers of children and women. Bravo. That's why I voted for President Trump twice and am gladly going to vote for him again a third time. Actually, more than twice um, if you count primaries and what have you, but I'm talking about in general elections. Okay. Now... I want to move on to this next story. Let me tee it up. The mayor of Columbia is responding this morning to Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town music video. The song is about protests and riots in large cities. The video was shot in front of the Murray County Courthouse in Columbia. That's where several incidents of racial violence have taken place, including the 1927 lynching of Henry Choate and the Columbia race riot back in 1946. Columbia's mayor tweeted that he's hopeful the next music video that uses their historic downtown as a backdrop will seek a more positive message. Controversy igniting over the song, which has been out since May, with critics saying the lyrics called to an anti-Black Lives Matter and pro-gun message. The track describes protests, violence, and upheaval in cities, while Aladine sings that people performing those actions would not pass in a small town. And the music video depicts news footage from protests and surveillance video of robberies projected onto a courthouse in Tennessee. So according to the left, Jason Aldean is a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he ain't no white supremacist. He's a patriot. Yeah. And I, he earns the salute from me. You're a damn good white man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just mocking people who think he's a white supremacist. Yeah. But anyway, he came out a song, Don't Try That in a Small Town. I think it's a name catchy up. title, too, man. Yeah. It got a nice hook in it. Yeah, dude. That song's big time. And Aldine said on Instagram that his song was never referencing races or points to it. Fellow country star Cheryl Crow argued on Twitter that the song promotes violence. CMT, country music television, has just removed the new video from one of its biggest stars, Jason Aldine's song. Try That in a Small Town raised eyebrows months ago for lyrics that critics described as evocative of racism and retaliation. But then he dropped the new music video clip. Not only does the video include footage from police brutality protests, it was actually shot in front of the Murray County, Tennessee courthouse. Historically, that courthouse has seen a lot of racial violence, including in 1927, the lynching of a black man. CMT pulled that music video from their channel. So yesterday, Jason responded in a lengthy statement on Twitter, writing in part, I have been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. The singer continuing, try that in a small town for me, refers to the feeling of a community that I had growing up, where we took care of our neighbors, regardless of differences of background or belief. We should note, according to a press release, Jason is not credited as a writer for the song. He just started a nationwide tour expected to run through October. Now, yesterday, Friday, he had a stop in Cincinnati on said tour. And this is the speech he gave before playing Try That in a Small Town Friday in Cincinnati. Everybody having fun so far tonight? Well, I gotta tell you guys, man, it's been a long-ass week. It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that. Hey, here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think. 
You can, you can think something all you want to, it doesn't mean it's true, right? So, what I am is a proud American. I'm proud to be from here. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love my country, I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. Very interesting things that he said there. I'm going to play the last part of what he said here in just a moment, but I wanted to address what he said here. He loves his country. Only Marxist bastards on the left think that love of country makes you a racist. As a black man who loves this country, I am a coon. That's what they call me. A sellout. An Uncle Tom. I'm an Oreo. I want to be white. I love you, my white brothers and sisters. Never wish to be white. I like my melanin. I like not easily getting burned. And all the other jokes we can make about our different races because it's actually true, right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not worried about some things that you folks are worried about. I mean, we burn, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like just a little levity here, folks. A little levity here. But the thing is, I love this country. How does that make you racist? America is so bad that people are trying to come in through our damn porous border from Africa and the Middle East, right? That's how freaking bad ra uh, racism is in America, and that is why loving this country makes you a racist. Well, obviously, a whole bunch of illegal aliens maybe not love our country because they don't respect their laws, but they love our country enough to bypass dozens of countries on their way here to come to America. I'm with Jason. I love this country. And yes, you are to do anything to protect your community and your, and your family. Let's, let's keep it down to your family and your country and your community. I said, let's take it down to it and then I expanded it. <laughs> and he says, I want to go back to where all we were before all this BS started. Now, remember when President Trump in 2016, 2015, make America great again, all the whiners and leftists, oh, America was never great. When was America great? So pathetic that we had for eight years a president, Obama, who hated America and a wife who said that she pretty much didn't like America until her husband became president. And now there's rumors that they're trying to make her the on the vice presidential ticket or the presidential ticket, according to Roger Stone, for 2024 when they dump Joe finally. Now, let me tell you something about Obama. Obama is to start... Obama didn't start racism. Racism has been there. And guess what? These people don't understand on the left, these soy boys, these whiners, and these utopianists, if that's even a word, who do not live in the real world. You cannot legislate morality and tolerance of other people. There will always be prejudice, whether it's racial, whether it's sizes, whether it's because you're Catholic, because you're Irish, because you're redhead, because you're fat, because you're skinny, because you've got a big ass, because you're skinny, whatever it may be, there's always going to be haters. You cannot legislate that. You just can legislate and uphold laws that say you can't make someone's lives miserable or deny them of their rights because you don't like them. But man, Obama... The left as he is, he could have been one of the most unifying presidents in the country as far as race is concerned. I think race was doing pretty well before Obama. But then Obama, being a Marxist and a hater and a divider, not only passed up on a great opportunity to be a, a, a unifier, he added fuel to the fire and made race one of the major things of his two terms in the Oval Office. Anyway, let me play the last part of what Jason Aldean had to say. Here's what I want to say. A lot of things out there. And one thing I love, you guys know how it is this day and age, cancel culture is a thing. That's something that if people don't like what you say, they try and 
make sure that they can cancel you, which means try and ruin your life, ruin everything. One thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that could see through a lot of the bullshit, all right? I saw country music fans rally like I've never seen before, and it was pretty badass to watch, I gotta say. Thank you guys so much. So I had people ask me, man, everything's going on with this song. You think you're gonna play it tonight? Do you think you're not gonna play it? And I said, you know, people that come to my shows, you guys know what I'm about. You know that, you know what I stand for. I've never shied away from that at all. And I know a lot of you guys grew up like I did, you kind of had the same values, the same principles that I have, which is, which is we want to take our kids to a movie and not worry about some asshole coming in there shooting up the theater, right? So when somebody asked me, hey man, you think you're going to play this song tonight? This, the answer was, the answer was simple. The people have spoken and you guys spoke very, very loudly this week. Jason Aldean, a true American, doesn't let the cancel culture BS affect him. And he plays the song because his fans and his crowd came out to see it. Kind of like them canceling me for my YouTube channel, thinking I'm not going to talk about Joe Biden being a fake president or the vaccine being a bioweapon, or Ray Epps being some sort of federal operative. Hell no. That just really, you know, unless you are just a coward. And folks, it, yeah, it sucks to, 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 take the, to, take the, to take the arrows and the consequences of exercising our constitutional rights. But it feels good not to be a damn pansy, not to be a little wuss that withers away and is totally guided by the winds of popular thought of the day. It's a stupid, weak, boring, and insulting way to live. Bravo, Jason Aldean, going out there in Cincinnati last night and playing his song. Now, one thing I do like is when he said, you know, country music fans didn't fall for it. Now, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I know this is true, that most country music fans are whites. Now, I know black people, I know Mexican people that love country music. And full disclosure, except for the exception of a few artists, mostly female artists, I'm not really a big country music fan because when I want to listen to that type of music, I gravitate more toward blues because I grew up with a, a family that loved jazz and blues and that and what have you. Country music is just a form of blues. I mean, it all comes from the same basic roots, okay? So full disclosure, I'm not a country music fan, but a lot of people in my family, yes, have been converted, if you will, to country music. Hasn't happened to me. Some of you can say hasn't happened to me yet. Nothing is country music, just not my cup of tea. Not because most country music uh, fans and artists are white. I love rock music, punk, heavy metal, having grown up as a preteen, uh, as an early, you know, as a tween and a teenager in Southern California and growing up skateboarding and surfing and snowboarding and all that kind of stuff, kind of just, that was the culture, right? So I understand if you grew up in small town America, uh, I'm living now here in Utah, huge, huge uh, country music uh, community, a, a fan base here. I digress. I say all that to say this. It's not just country music fans and white folks have understood, uh, understanding that this is all BS about Jason Aldean, his song, and his video. I played you, if you didn't realize who that was, I played you uh, a couple clips of the Hodge twins, their uh, black twins, uh, conservatives. Are they half white? They're, they're light-skinned black. But anyway, they were having fun with this. Now I want to show you that the, 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 the mind, uh, the brainwashing and the, the head games... That black folks are just tired of it, and many of them see what's really going on here. This is an American issue, trying to divide us over BS things, making everything about race. And black folk have 
are no longer falling for it. I mean, some are, but there's some white people who are falling for it as well. We're just so past all of this division of race and hate and making everything about race. Black people are not falling for it. And they're pointing it out. Racists like Jason Aldean ain't going to do You can try, but you ain't going to do nothing. This song is literally about sundown town. It is the purest form of racism. And trust me, Jason Aldean ain't the only one that's thinking like this. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's the racist right there. Thinking that everything that you saw in that video was strictly towards black people. Some of y'all didn't even watch the video. There's white people committing those same acts of crime that black people do. I ain't got no problem with the song. Everybody want to talk about his racist, his this, he talking about lynching. I'm talking about Jason Aldean's video, the one they want to pull. I ain't got no problem with the motherfucker. On the surface, they say that it's because it's dog whistling to racism. But you and I know that the liberals will stretch like Mr. Fantastic to attach anything to racism. And if you listen to the lyrics of the song, it doesn't allude to anything racist at all. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going around the my flying city. <laughs> Whenever you trigger liberals, it is a great day in America. They're mad even though their rap music's lyrics is all about taking each other's lives, giving each other drugs, smack that hoe, whoop that trick, come get this wop. Yeah, sure, there's crime in small towns. The difference is, is how it's handled and not tolerated. It's called being civilized. And you try some crazy stuff in a small town. Yeah, you, for lack of a better word, you're probably going to get dealt with. That goes for any skin color. Because the South is protective over its own. So, man, can we please stop the fake outrage? It's a, it's a lot of things that, that we could be mad about. This ain't one of them. So, guys, since everyone's been calling that new Jason Aldean song racist, I decided to do some investigating of my own, and I listened to the song, and the entire song is actually about criminals. Are these people assuming he's talking about black people? <laughs> and if they're assuming he's talking about black people, when the entire song is about criminals, doesn't that make them the racist? See, it's this white liberal racism and black liberal racism and liberal racism that is how it's been so obvious to me my entire life, my entire adult life, I should say. I was 18 years old as a freshman at UC Berkeley. I went to a mostly white high school, graduated toward the top of my class, worked my arse off because my parents couldn't afford to pay for my schooling. So I had a job in the Bay Area to, to have some spending money, but I got a scholarship and I worked hard in high school, padding my resume, if you will, not just with good grades, but student government and activities and scouts and things in the community. And then some white co-ed says, isn't that cool to let you in because you're black? She just assumed because I'm black that I wasn't smart as her and they had to lower the standards for me to get in. That's when before my 19th birthday, I rejected this whole liberal idea that black people are less than and that's why they need government assistance and affirmative action and lower standards and lower uh, entries and all these other things. And then, of course, the assumption that we're all thugs and uh, seed spreaders. I am a black man married over 26 years. I got married young to my wife, who is the only woman I've ever known in the biblical sense and the only woman who is the mother of all my children. And there's a lot of black Christian men like me. But that's not what white liberals would have you think. Gotta have abortion for the black community. Because they think that uh, we're all promiscuous. And yes, promiscuity is a problem in the inner city black community. Not gonna lie about that. But how things are going right now, it's a problem everywhere. These girls now, in their mid-twenties having body counts of like 60 to 100 guys. The hookup culture is got Sodom and Gomorrah for all races in America. Folks, it's this white liberal idea that if you're talking about inner city crime, you're talking about crime, you're talking about black people. How the hell is that not racist? It's so obvious to me that I literally have had arguments, civil disagreements with other black folk on how they cannot see the blatant racist and racism 
of liberalism. It blows my mind. It is so obvious to me. I just can't understand 30 years later why people don't see it like I saw it as a kid. It's just, it's just really mind-boggling to me. And it's mind-boggling to me, I want to end with this last clip, how people cannot see what's really going on when it comes to the war in Ukraine and the American deep state and the warmongering military-industrial complex. We all know that it was American forces or American interests that bomb the Nord Stream 2. What's interesting is that this undercover video of a Obama four-star general, retired, kicked out, I believe, actually said what we all know to be true and that this is somehow controversial. We get a, a, a breaking news video that gets sent to us. Okay, well, we had to talk to our lawyers before we rele released it. Uh, uh, Valuetainment broke this video just earlier today, a couple hours ago. Hmm. Uh, before we did, we texted, we emailed uh, General McChrystal because it's General McChrystal in the video uh, talking about Nord Stream Pipeline, okay, and what happened to it. Nord Stream Pipeline, a lot of people are saying, well, it was, uh, you know, Ukraine did it. No, it was uh, Russians did it, Putin did it. No, who did it, who did it? Now, General McChrystal, to be fair, this is not a regular person. He's not a sergeant. He's not a captain. He's a four-star general. general. I've interviewed him seven years ago. We had a very good conversation together. And so we emailed him to let him know, do you have any comments on it? I don't believe we got to respond back from him. We'll play the clip. And so here is General McChrystal and a gentleman in D.C. Got this footage in D.C. Sends this video over to us, if you can play this clip. Right, real quick before I play the clip, so you have a context. Uh, retired for General Stanley A. McChrystal, who was removed from his command by Barack Obama following critical comments on his administration, has made explosive comments suggesting the following. It, it is a covertly recorded conversation obtained by Valuetainment Media. The decorated general known for his command of uh, JSOC, that's the Joint Special Operations Command, in the mid-2000s and later for his role as commander of the International Security Assistance Force in Afghanistan, voiced the following during a seemingly impromptu conversation that was secretly recorded and subsequently leaked. All right. So he starts off talking about Russia and its leadership. There's no obvious better solution in Russia. I think Putin ought to go, but there, there's nobody that I'm aware of standing on the wings. It seems like there's a lot more radical people standing yeah. in the way too, which is concerning. Like, remember the whole Nord Stream thing? Like, in the oh, beginning yeah. of that, I was like, oh yeah, Russia did it, but I don't know. Do you think, what do you think did that? My son was, uh, is the leader of the uh, energy team at DIA. Um, he didn't think that the Russians that? did it. Yeah. Defense intelligence. Uh, okay. He didn't think that the Ukrainians officially did it either. I mean, there, there are people who benefited from it, and that was people who produced natural gas around the world. So if you really want to get conspiracy, the United States made more money off that deal than anybody else. But yeah, but that's, you know, because we were huge beneficiaries, and we changed our policy, we started providing liquid natural gas, you know, overseas, and, you know. Now I don't think this is controversial. Kind of sucks as one would have released this when... General McChrystal mentions his son, who's in defense intelligence. But you don't have to be in defense intelligence to have the intelligence to know to follow the money. Who really benefited from this? The war machine, the natural liquid gas machine, and all the people in between making money and blaming it on Russia. Because, yeah, Russia would destroy their own asset. That makes no damn sense. And that's what they want you to not use, is your common sense. So I found that to be a very interesting clip because, you know, being part of JSOC and other things, McChrystal knows how wars work. He knows strategy. He knows tactical uh, chess. Uh, not tactical, but uh, he knows... Uh, 
how the pawns and the pawn movers move and play the game of war and money. He was outspoken of, of what Obama was doing, and it just adds credibility to what's been reported, and we all know in our gut and using common sense is the truth. It's a very strong opinion, and because I share that opinion, I wanted to share that with you. Thanks for being here, folks. Uh, I'll be back on Monday uh, with more programming. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless, and thanks for your support of this show. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey.